The Social Angle, a podcast that helps promo pros gain an edge in the social media realm. I'm digital content director Vinny Driscoll, and on this episode, I am joined by a panel of rock stars for an in-depth roundtable discussion about the state of social media and the promo industry. What do we do well? What can be improved? What are some trends to be mindful of? We'll be talking about all that and more. Welcome, everyone, and happy World Social Media Day. Hey, guys. Happy Hello. Social Media Day. Yeah, there's it's an actual thing. Today, I didn't even the, know we had a whole day. I thought yeah. it was a <laughs> whole day. And it's world. So around the world, they're all celebrating today. And what better day than this to have this conversation, which is one I'm really excited about. I've reached out to five promo pros, and we're going to get to meet them in a second. Um, some who are new to the industry, others who have been here a while, like myself, and I'm going to pick their brains with a variety of questions, all of them geared towards social media and the promo industry. If you're watching, you know, live, please feel free to post comments, questions, anything you want. You know, we'll try to answer them at the end of this. This is going to be, you know, a long conversation, uh, but feel free to post whenever you want. Um, so before I get into the questions, let's do uh, some brief intros. So I'm going to go around um, and we're going to start with uh, Jessica Gibbons Rausch. Thank you so much for having me, Ben. So I am the marketing manager for Zoom Catalog, um, and I've been there since October, and it's been such a great experience. But I've actually been in the promotional industry since 2005 um, on the distributor side first, and then I went independent when I saw this need for digital marketing. I'm also an adjunct professional, uh, excuse me, adjunct professor for digital marketing for Northern Illinois University and a promo kitchen chef. Awesome. Awesome. So you're actually the senior member in in terms of years i'm here 15 years looks like you're here 17 years now you're making me feel like super old oh no you just made me feel good um millennials we're all old now i'm a i'm gen x so you're making me feel old. all right so um over to mike ross what's up thanks for having me vinny uh, yeah mike ross i work for performa i handle social media and public relations uh, i've been in this industry for 238 days i like that you're counting the days. Yeah. I used to do that, and then I got past like 10,000, and I stopped doing it. Sometimes I have to remind myself that I'm still new, and I have to still learn and adapting. So like, the day counter is quite helpful. I like that. All right, let's go to Jenna. All right, awesome. Um, so I am Jenna Sackett. I work for Stalls. I am the brand activation manager there. Um, just started in this position a year ago, but I have been in the industry for just about 10 years. And um, Stalls is mainly known for being the leading manufacturer in heat press technology, which I feel like we don't talk a ton about in the promo side. So I always like to throw, to, throw that out there so people get an idea of what Stalls is. Um, but I do their content creation for social channels, um, public speak on behalf of them at trade shows and of course i manage our partners our partnerships with other industry leaders in the industry awesome awesome taylor you're next sure hi everybody i'm taylor borst i am our director of marketing events and public relations for american solutions for business we're a large distributor I've been in the industry for seven years now, which seems kind of crazy. I joined right out of college. I've been with ASV ever since, um, and I've been in this current role for about a year and a half now and uh, loving it. Awesome. Awesome. And last but not least, Paula. 
Hi, um, I'm Paula. I am representing any promo. I do their social media management and coordination. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm fairly new to the industry. Vinny had me on a show um, as a newbie. So I am just short of a year. Actually, I'll be at my year in a month. So um, maybe a little like 330 days. There you <laughs> Something go. about that. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for this discussion. And uh, I'm excited to learn from people that have been kind of in my shoes for a while. And uh, we'll see what you guys have to say. Yeah, I'm excited too for this discussion. And what we all have in common here is that we all are on the front lines of social media. I reached out to social media professionals. You know, we all wear many hats in this industry. Um, you know, we're not all just, just doing social media. We do other things. And I appreciate that and I respect that. But you guys all, I've interviewed all of you at some point in my career and I know that you're doing some really good things on social media, which is why I wanted to reach out to you. Uh, some with a lot of experience, some without uh, a lot of experience, but all you know, with the common denominator that you're in a promo industry and you're doing social media. So we're going to talk about a lot of things. We have a lot of discussion points to get into. Um, so I wanted to open up first um, with kind of a sentiment on what you think on a scale of one to 10, with one being not important and 10 being really important, how important would you say that social media is for a promo business? And I'm going to start with Taylor on this one. Oh, thanks. All right. So I, I had a tough time thinking about this. So I actually had to separate this out because the way that I want to answer this depends on who I'm speaking to. So when it comes to suppliers and service providers in our industry, I'm going to say 10. And I'm also going to say 10 for corporate distributors. So I think that the number one reason for that answer would be a it's all about establishing credibility, right? I mean, most of us on this call are part of, you know, the Gen Z millennial kind of Gen X scale here. And if you have somebody call you, like cold call you, you've never met them before, what's the first thing that you're doing? It's researching them, right? You're looking them up, you're looking at what their online footprint is and if they're a reputable organization or not. So um, as somebody leading like our corporate strategy for social media, I'm not always thinking about what does our brand look like to our followers. I'm thinking about all of our salespeople who maybe don't have a stronghold in social media and I'm upholding their side of that credibility so that when they are cold calling and when they're working with customers, they can see that we are visible on every major platform and that we're posting relevant content um, in a consistent manner. And then for individual distributor salespeople, so if you are part of um, a, a bigger organization, um, then I would say anywhere between three and 10. And this depends heavily on your demographic, your individual goals and your bandwidth. Excellent. Um, so it runs the gamut there, but for the most part, you, you definitely believe in the power of social media um, in this industry and yes, you believe that it's very important. Okay, yes, great. Specifically when it comes to credibility, Vin. Right, mm -hmm. right. Okay, Mike, I want to hear you on this one. Yeah, similar similar topic, similar you know, answer. It's I'm going to put it at six. So where it's above that middle line, it's extremely important. I think that's self-explanatory, but if you're not doing it correctly, if you're not utilizing every platform and all their functions from soup to nuts, it's you're really not using it correctly. And at that point, well, what are you even doing? You know, it's you can't just have Facebook. You have to have a business page, a personal, and then the same and so forth to LinkedIn. You know, the same goes on to TikTok, YouTube. It's you have to be on every single one, and you have to be active on every single one to do it correctly. So I mean, it's 
I applaud anybody jumping into this ring. It's not easy. I think we can all agree on that much. It's, it's very difficult, but if you're not going to have a dedicated 40 hours, 60 hours a week to it, it's you're doing, you're doing yourself potential harm. Agreed. Agreed. All right, Paula, on to you. Um, I have a little bit of a dissenting um, opinion, actually. I don't think you need to be on every platform. Um, I do think that you need to be selective about the platforms that you choose and that you go forward with. Um, I think uh, there's a difference also between short term, like short form content and long form content, um, stuff like podcasts, stuff like, you know, roundtable discussions. This is like very rich uh, long form content, stuff that people are going to take like an hour or so to kind of digest and share with their teams. Um, that's really enriching to people in our industry, but also maybe to people that we're working with because they kind of see what we're you know about. So um, in terms of like how important it is, I actually would range it like six or seven, kind of similarly to um, where he put it. But it also depends on who, like who exactly um, are we trying to, trying to target to. If it's um, the people that we're working with, it's going to be a little bit more important. So probably seven, eight. But if it's kind of like an outsider, um, <clears throat> maybe not somebody that's our direct client, it might be a little bit lower, like um, just kind of like a regular passerby. It doesn't doesn't need to be as high on their radar. Um, so that's what I have to say about kind of like uh, short form, long form it depends on that. And also, I don't think you need to be on every platform. It depends on um, the platforms that you're going to shine on and uh, where you have like more potential to say things. Um, I think those are all important. Also kind of like seeing what's what's kind of like what platforms are taking off the most right now. Um, that's also to that's something to consider as well. So kind of a lot of stuff there, but um, that kind of puts my score at like a seven ish. OK, OK, mm -hmm. fair enough. Um, all right, Jenna. So all really good points. You can see me nodding my head like on every point that everybody is making, because these are all really great considerations. Um, like she was just saying, if you know your target audience and you know where they are engaged, that is the platform. And I think that you should focus on that platform. And I put it at a 10, right? If you have your target customer in mind, you know where you can get out in front of them and really um, entertain them, but also educate them. I think that goes a really long way. And I believe that um, there was an article that was put out by ASI actually, where 93% of shoppers buying decisions are influenced by social media, right? So if you're a part of that percentage, then that's going to increase, uh, you know, your potential sales and your profitability overall. Okay, so I think so social media is definitely very important. So you're up there in terms of what you think uh, the importance is. I do. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I, I would say with that 93 percentile, it's like, yeah, we're in the nines and tens here. <laughs> okay. All right, Jess. I'm going to go with an eight because I'm pushing the envelope a little bit, but I'm also agreeing with everyone when it depends and it's complicated. If it's not part of your entire overall marketing, um, like a channel approach where you're thinking in different ways and it's part of everything else you're doing, then you're missing out. But if, if you're focusing on just having social media as my jam and that's all I'm doing, if you're unless you're doing it um, super well, like um, like Matt said, like it has to be super in depth in order to really make it work. But it's the future. This is where we are. This is where we want to communicate. And people who aren't ready to jump on board, 
you're going to get lost. All right, all great answers. Um, my answer is, and it's I'm going to throw you a curveball here. I don't think it's I'm going to take the lowest number here. I'm going to take even I'm going to take five or lower at this time point in time. The reasons being that I feel that it's five or lower in this industry is because we're an older industry. There are plenty of people in this industry who are doing just fine without social media. You know, I, when I look at the top 40 suppliers and distributors, the, the big companies, they all have the resources to throw at social media. They're, you know, they have, they have, you know, a staff of social media people. So they're putting effort into it, but there's so many people in this industry that are, are small mom and pop shops who don't have the time, who are doing just fine without social media. Is that going to be true five years, 10 years down the line? No, it's going to continue to grow in importance. But I think because it, this industry is older and not everybody is using social media and we have, and there are a lot of companies that are really small, social media is not even factoring into the game right now. And I think when, when you balance it out, I think it's somewhere around a five. That's just me. That's my personal opinion. I've been doing this, you know, I've been in this industry a long time. I still see people who are big companies and they don't even use social media. They don't have social media on their websites and they're doing just fine. Um, so that's my two cents on that one. So let's move on to the next question. Again, we're, we're talking social media today on social media day. If you have any comments or questions, get right in there in the chat. We have, um, you know, a couple comments in there already. Tom Gavin's clapping. Um, Tom Gavin also says uh, LinkedIn for for B2B. And the great thing about the software is I could just show it right there. Um, and Ellie Sweat Bates, she says rocking on TikTok. Yes, Ellie does some really cool things on TikTok. Um, I love her coffee uh, TikToks. Uh, she does a great job. All right, so let's go to um, question number two. So what is your opinion on the state of social media and the promo industry? And what I mean by that, what do we do well? What areas need improvement? I'm going to start with Mike on this one. I think that I've had a lot of time over the past few months to kind of dive in and learn your, your ecosystem that I'm a part of now. And it is elaborate. I'll be honest, coming from sports and entertainment, I did not think that it was going to be this deep. Honest to God, like it's the, the Facebook groups alone are enough to waste 40 hours on. Honest to God, there's so much positive stuff and toxic stuff in there. It's I see a lot of people trying, which is awesome because this is not easy. And when I say that, I probably a couple more times throughout this show, it's it's just really isn't. And I applaud anyone of a certain age or, you know, any technological ability to just hop on this horse and go for a ride. It's uh, it's actually really impressive. And I'm excited to see down the road next month, next year, next decade where it goes. It's a little too soon for me to be critical, to be quite honest. I still got to okay. figure out. All right. So you're kind of taking a neutral stance on what yeah. we do well and, and you know, what we could do, you know, in the future for improvement. All right. So uh, that, I mean, that's as good as answer as, you know, I can expect. I mean, it's, it's sort of like an incomplete answer yeah. right there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, to all be right. Determined. To be determined. All right, Paula, I'm going to go to you on this one. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> even though I'm fairly new, I feel like something that I've noticed, um, and this is not everyone, but um, something that I've noticed is just like a very strong um, focus on product. And I know that's kind of what we do. We, we sell product. Um, but I think what can often happen is that it comes off as very selly. And so that transition isn't well made. And people on TikTok, yes, they want to buy things, but they kind of want it to be like super subtle. There's like almost a very hatred of um, 
and maybe hatred is the wrong word because marketing is like very kind of like subtly woven into a lot of the videos that we watch and stuff like that. So I think people more so want to be inspired and then therefore kind of like converted as a customer. And I'm seeing this on the B2B and B2C. I think when it comes down to it, we're selling to people, individuals. So, <clears throat> so when it comes to our industry, um, I would say kind of less focus on product and more focus on people. This is kind of an approach that we've been like changing in our own um, with our own channel, especially on TikTok. Um, that's kind of where we get a lot of traction and where we've seen people really respond well to kind of like um, promoting kind of like a company culture and they like seeing our events. They like seeing our activities. They really like seeing those things. And we're, even though we're not necessarily pushing like what we're selling more so than the unboxing stuff that I can do, um, that stuff like really takes off. It takes off more than I even expect it because we're just like doing something fun in the office, like a paint and sip or, you know, an Easter egg hunt and people are really engaged. So I think um, <clears throat> kind of a refocus in some areas, uh, refocusing on the product, but still making it kind of like we're, we're subtly inspiring people to, um, you know, incorporate more events, have more products, like give away things more, stuff like that. So it's kind of like a workaround um, marketing to kind of like cover up that we're marketing, but also make it genuine. So something like that, is what I would say. Yeah, so, so less selling <laughs> um, and more focus on relationships and, and, you know, building culture and, you know, it's going to mirror what I'm going to say. So you kind of stole what I was going to say, but um, I, I, I'll get to that in a second. Jenna, let's go to you. Yeah. So I would say as far as the overall state for specifically the promo industry, like you had mentioned in our last question, it's still in its beginning stages there, but I think people are going and becoming a little bit more in tune with it. One thing that I noticed that's trending as I'm going to the promo industry trade shows is that more and more people are talking about their social media channels and where they can find more information about their company. They're using Instagram as a portfolio in a sense to see what products they can get from them. And then they're also utilizing video to show a uh, personality. Right. So getting to know a little bit more in depth about that business. So not only do they want to buy product from you, similar to what she was just saying, um, you're showing a little bit more authenticity. And I think that that goes a really long way. Um, but, you know, it's what it really boils down to. And one thing that I think um, needs some work is the capability and the confidence. Right. You're capable of getting content no matter what. I think there's a trending audio that's like everything is content, everything is content, right? And so people are just like doing uh, videos of random things behind the scenes. Maybe it's packaging a promo kit together or something and they're getting footage of that. And people are connecting with that because it's not just a sell of a product. It's, oh, I'm getting to see how they're packaging this all together so that someone gets to open this box and be wowed by it. Um, so. I think that there's a lot of good things happening and people are getting there, but it's just having the, the confidence to put it out. Yeah. I love that answer. It's, it's sort of like an imposter syndrome. You know, you're, yeah. you're you feel like you're not good enough to be using social media and that that's going to, we're going to talk about 
something similar in a later question, but I, I really like that answer. I think a lot of people suffer from that. And I think uh, that factors into a lot of, you know, the problems in this industry, why people don't jump onto social media. They don't think they right. can do it. Um, Jess, what about you? What do you think? Um, I definitely think we're in kind of a transition period. Uh, I remember when I started, like social media wasn't, wasn't a thing. Um, and even email marketing, people were still fax marketing back then. Like, don't even. They um, still do. <laughs> I know, it's terrible. <laughs> um, anyway, um, but I think it's so exciting to see what people are starting to do because they are dipping their toes. And like Ellie, who was just on our thing, I mean, I did a TikTok yesterday because Ellie's been like, you should do a TikTok, you should do a TikTok, you should do a TikTok. I was terrified and I did it anyway. So we are starting to build that confidence. There's still going to be people who are going to throw out flyers constantly or, you know, they want to get a budget mug for $1.99 a seat. And that's just going to happen. And but the more that we can get these inspirations and these excitements, like everyone was saying, that's where we really stalls this morning had that UV print thing. Oh my God. Like that was so cool. And we're able to also start to learn from each other, which is just like this event here. Like we can work together and elevate each other. So this is how we're going to keep transitioning. And then also ultimately be an industry of rock stores where everybody knows what it is that we do. We're so complicated. Awesome. All right, Taylor, what about you? Oh my gosh. I love so much of what you guys all just said. I know you're in like these boxes, I think. Okay. So here we go. So um, yes, like Paula, Jenna, like completely understand with, uh, or like completely agree with, um, Paula's note of like the whole human approach to this. And Jenna, you mentioned personality and like, that's so, so important. And what I see is, you know, the pandemic hurt us in a lot of ways, but from a social media standpoint, it was actually a gift, right? So pre-pandemic, our industry was wildly behind the times. We weren't really seeing anybody, um, I, I guess, I, actually, I should not say anybody. We weren't seeing the level of performance that we're seeing at this point, like comparing it is night and day. Um, and I think that desperate times lead to ingenuity. And that's what we're seeing here. We're seeing people come out of their comfort zones. Um, you know, it's the unboxing videos, updates, lifestyle photos, the experimentation on TikTok and Instagram, like was mentioned um, a little before too. Um, don't get me wrong, like we still have a long, long way to go here. And, you know, JGR, to your point too, if we look back five, 10, 15 years ago, the industry trailblazers of the time were advocating for the why behind social media. But I think this generation now, um, and really the state of where we're in now is advocating for the how behind social. So it's how do we take it to the next level? How do we define ourselves? Um, you know, how do we separate ourselves from the, the competition? Great. Um, so to round it out, I'm going to kind of echo what a lot of you have said. I think as an industry, what we do well on social media is that we're, we're collaborative. I think that we're, we're looking to help each other. And I know that we use social media in a very um, nurturing way. We, we try to use it to help and better others in this industry. And I've seen that from day one. I think we do a great job in that respect. Uh, I also think that those who are doing social media well in this industry are really doing it well. Like there are people in this industry, um, you know, all on this call right now who are who are doing really great things on social media and i love that we have people who are integrating social media with their businesses and they're doing some really amazing things uh people are taking notice there's you know if you're not selling there's brand awareness so you're you're selling in a different 
sort of way. You're not transacting or you're not you're not able to really look at that transaction, but you're, you're getting your brand out there in, in new and innovative and creative ways through social media. I see us doing that in this industry a lot. I want to see us do more. I want to see more people do it. What can be improved, and this is going to echo what, what Paula had mentioned, was we're still selling on social media. We're hard selling, and that has to stop. And I've been preaching this for a long time. Stop selling on social media. Nobody wants to, to see you sell on social media. It doesn't work. There are ways to sell with social media without selling on social media. There, it's a way to forge relationships, uh, build trust, and really use social media as the platform to get to those conversations to build a, a business relationship. And I think as people grow with social media and this industry, they're going to learn that. But right now, I still see a lot of selling on social media. Um, and I can't, I can't stress enough. Stop selling. Stop selling. No one's interested in that. It's noise. All right, so let's get to the next question. I know we have some some comments here. We'll get to them in a second. Um, all right, so let's talk about social media's role in the promo industry. Do you see it growing significant, significantly in the next year? Or what about five to 10 years? So let's talk about the one and then the five to 10 year plan. So let's start with Paula on this one. Oh, okay. Um, do I see it growing? I mean, in general, I feel like there's a growth of social media. Um, after some research, I have learned that a lot of um, social platforms are going to be um, making it making it um, easy to shop on their page. So TikTok has this in uh, China, I believe. So the Chinese version of TikTok actually has already started this. And um, I think it's only a matter of time before it gets to, um, you know, the U.S. version of TikTok. Um, I, I, you know, this is already something that's happening on Instagram. So I think it's going to get more important just because, um, you know, people don't like to go from one link to another link and sometimes just staying on the page um, kind of like, I mean, their whole, their whole, um, <clears throat> the whole protocol of social media companies is to like have people stay more on the page. So if people can do their shopping um, while still kind of logged into whatever platform they're on, um, it's going to help them. And so I think in general for businesses and especially our industry, that's going to continue to be relevant to us. And that's going to make um, social media more important um, because we, we're going to have to like retain eyeballs and we're going to have to, um, you know, make it so easy. So it's more compelling to kind of like you know, stay on, make it easier to shop online on, on mobile sites and stuff like that. So in a nutshell, I think, yes, I don't know to what degree yet, but um, I, I definitely see it in the future, in the near future. Yeah, I like that you bring up social selling and, I, and how important it is to, you know, keep people on the social networks. You know, they don't want to leave to go somewhere else. Um, is social selling the future of promotional products in this industry, who knows, you know, but I do, I do agree with you. I think there's going to be, um, you know, growing importance with social media in this industry. Um, so let's go to uh, Jenna on this one. What do you think? Yeah, I'm going to piggyback on that. I think it's just going to continue to grow. Um, I think that we've seen in the past few years that unpredictable things can happen. Um, and you know, how we used to sell being at events or in person and going to see people face to face can no longer exist at times. And you're just kind of stuck using only social media as a way to stay connected. 
Um, so being that it can be unpredictable, unpredictable in that sense, you know, we want to be able to utilize social media to still be able to bring awareness to our brands and to our products. Um, and then of course, you know, you have to know how to pivot as well. So there's always innovations in technology and in media. So as it continues to grow, you just need to know how to jump on that and um, stay up to date with what's happening so that you're staying relevant as well. So it's going to continue to grow, but it's not going to be easy. Um, there's always something new coming out. Um, and it's just, you know, we have to be on there so that we can stay connected for sure. I like that. I like that you're, you stress about keeping in touch with, you know, social media. It's, it's organic, it's evolving, it's always changing. Um, and there's always going to be new uh, features available to it. And, mm -hmm. you know, four years ago, I said TikTok would never be right for this industry. And I ate my words because we're, we're all now on TikTok. And it's crazy because I never thought we, you know, I would see this day because I also said that Snap was not, not right for this industry. And I think I was right on that one. But as far as TikTok, I was dead wrong. And, you know, it, I, I've seen a huge migration of this industry going to TikTok within the last year um, because it's such an addictive network and there's so many eyeballs there and it just makes sense for your business to be there. All right, let's go to JGR on this one. Um, so I'm very hopeful that it's going to keep growing and evolving for a lot of reasons, but just from, I know most of us are working, I know Vin, you're in an office today and I think Paula, you are, but the rest of us are somewhere else, right? We're in our homes and social is the way that we're having these connections. Um, and that's why we need to be able to be available on it. We're also showing the human side of the brand. When Taylor posts on Instagram that she's in the Chicago area, I'm like, hey, let's go out. And then we end up having dinner together. Like, that's why we're building these relationships. I go to these shows and I meet people that I've never met in real life, but they're my friends. And that is how it's translating to business too. And we're looking for a brand that we have that human connection with. And this is how that happens. Um, and I think anyone who's, who's not ready to kind of take that plunge, well, there's a whole lot of people who are have their cricket machines and are ready to do it. And they're on these platforms and they're having these conversations and there's no reason they can't sell the same product for a lot more money because they're having that connection and that conversation. They're in that community. And the more that we become more borderless too, I mean, think of us all being everywhere around the country. Like these, these old establishments don't exist anymore. We don't send out a stack of catalogs anymore. We email them. Zoom catalog links. You know, there's all these evolutions that are going to keep going. And I love it. I love it. Just the fact that we're here talking. I can't say that enough. Like we're having this conversation as these professionals in this arena. It's so different than what we've seen five, 10 years ago. So why wouldn't it be different? Now, the next one, we might all have our VR goggles on and be <laughs> meta meeting, which I'm all on board for. <laughs> so I got the goggles. I want to use them. <laughs> Mike's definitely. But yeah, we'll see what it turns into. You never know. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I, I, you know, and you know, you stress that we're in this arena right now that two years ago, I think kind of, you know, uh, hastened this rapid transition to uh, technology where we're all, we're all experiencing something like this. I know it, ex it existed before the pandemic, but the, you know, the pandemic accelerated our transition to Look what we're doing now. You know, we're having this conversation. We're all over the country right now. You know, we have California, Chicago, Minnesota, Tampa, Austin, Pennsylvania. Like we're all over the country. We're having this conversation. And I think on a smaller scale or on the same scale, uh, social media is just like that. You know, 
it's the same type of technology where, you know, you could be everywhere you want all at once. So that's a great um, answer. Let's go to Taylor on this one. Sure. So yes, I do really think it's going to start growing or continue to grow significantly. And if I had to, if I had to really like put my stamp on something, I'm going to say that it will happen within micro influencing. So I just think it's so ironic that we support so many other industries who use branded merch in the influencer and micro influencer channels, but somehow we're not leading the charge in that as an industry. And I think we're starting to see like more and more indications of this. Like it's so exciting to see um, just more people kind of take on that model, but we should really be the blueprint. And I think we fail to, to drink our own Kool-Aid in that respect. Like we're coaching our customers to, to, to use our branded merch in a certain way that we're not even doing ourselves. So it feels a little like a disconnect there. So I'm hoping that we see more and more of that moving forward. Uh, and then as far as the five to 10 years, and Vin, maybe like you, I'm gonna end up eating my words down the road and I will handle that when it comes to it. Um, but I really think that we are not going to talk about social in five to 10 years in this way? Like, do we host podcasts about how powerful like our inboxes are and how everybody should get an email address because it's so helpful and helps me connect? Like, we don't talk about that because it's not necessary. It's what's expected. So I just, I think that social is going to be so integrated into our lives and the way that we think about um, these conversations and, you know, the way that we make connections. I think that we're going to spend way more time talking about messaging and less time about platforms. Okay, great answer, great answer. And Mike, last but not least. Yeah, kind of Vinny, to follow up with your, your answer, like the selling stuff, it gets bad. But at the same time though, it's, I tell people, you gotta use social as a, as a billboard and try to convert. But you know, as, as far as the hot takes go, I'm gonna tell you right now, uh, Instagram is going to rival Amazon in the next 10 years. And social is going to be a huge proponent of e-commerce and sales. Uh, it's interesting, because I haven't gotten a chance to meet any of you prior to the pandemic, so it's it's an interesting point of view to try to look at things where they are, where they're going and how they can get there. But I think, I think selling is actually next. I think it's actually going to find a way to become less toxic and to find a little success. But how long that takes is, is obviously we'll find out together. Okay. Yeah. I think, um, you know, that was to, to Paula's point about social commerce. I think that is, you know, it's certainly been on the radar for a bit. Um, how, we integrate that into uh, into this industry into social media is you know we'll see we'll see how that works um you know i do think that there's going to be a play for that um but to me you know my expectation that is that social media is not going away i think you know it's going to evolve uh, to taylor's point i think there's going to be it's going to be different in especially 10 years but i do know this i do know that uh, right now, millennials have the most buying power in this country, and it's going to continue to get younger and younger. You know, it's millennials, then it's going to be Gen Z. These are the generations that grew up with social media. So, you know, when I said earlier that I gave, you know, the importance to social media in this industry of five, that's going to keep going up because the buyers are going to be, be becoming younger and younger, and they will have grown up with social media. So the expectation is that when everybody who's buying promotional products, whether that's 10 years from now, 20 years from now, if you don't have a social media um, game, 
and they're going to social media to check you out first, they're not going to buy from you if you don't have a social media game. So, so social media is going to continue to become, you know, more and more important in this industry, not only this industry, but all industries. And if you don't have a presence to a demographic that goes to social media first, then, you know, you're, you're going to miss out on, you know, a lot. So yes, in 10 years, I don't know what it's going to look like. You know, um, I think it's going to like Taylor's point, I think it's going to be different, but you know, uh, I think social media is, is not going away. It's, it's, it's just going to become more important to a business. All right, let's get on to the next question. Um, so this one is, I'm excited to hear the answers to this one. This, this one, um, I think it's going to run the gamut. So what do you think is the number one reason why promo companies are hesitant to use social media? And, we, and I'm sure we touched upon a few answers earlier, but I'm going to start with um, Jenna on this one. Okay. There were a lot of different answers I had for this, but I'm going to boil it down to one because we only have so much time and I could actually do a podcast on this subject solely. Um, but I feel like the main reason is that it takes too much time for the amount of return that they may be seeing. Um, I feel like this could be easily combated by batching content uh, creating a bunch of posts and then scheduling them out um, one day or a couple days a week um, and, or just creating evergreen content so that you can repost stuff that you have done a while back and post it again a little while later. Um, that way, the content's already there. You can easily repost or schedule your posts out and still have your availability to answer real-time questions and have actual conversations with your audience. Um, so I think that's the the main one. Yeah, I agree. That's that's definitely one I think a lot of people can agree with. Time, you know, I mentioned earlier about mom and pop shops, which comprise a lot of uh, the companies in this industry, and they wear many hats. We all wear many hats, um, and we know what it's like. Uh, when you struggle to do multiple things. Uh, but for a small business that has three people, four people, social media is probably not as high priority as, as some of the other things. Um, let's go to you, JGR. Um, so a lot of the distributors that I've worked with to try to kind of rebrand them, a lot of the issues have been focused around fear, around viewing it as a necessary evil or thinking, okay, well, if I just have my niece or nephew jump on and do it, then it'll be good enough. And none of those are really good answers. Um, so trying to take away that fear, make it a little bit easier, make it make you more comfortable. There's a lot of what I had to work with distributors, kind of some handholding. But once you kind of embrace it and you get moving, and I know we're going to talk a little bit more about that in the future, but you can have a lot of fun with it. Um, so just trying to get them kind of off of that fear of, well, I have to do this. So I guess I'll do this. And I'm going to get the, the lowest priced, easiest thing to do because I don't want to do it. That's why people are, are hesitant. and that But that shows too, like, if that's your route, that's what's going to come through. So you say fear. So what do you They're think? Afraid of the robot. <laughs> so what do you think is driving the fear? The fear of of it not being good enough, of not wanting to spend the time, of of all of those other things that will still come up, but just afraid of making a mistake, offending somebody. It's just this this scary place um, to be. And sometimes you do put yourself out there, and you might be a little bit vulnerable. Um, okay. But that doesn't isn't always a bad thing either, because, again, we talked about humanizing the brand and this is your avenue to do that. Right. 
Right, and I do. I, I like that answer. I think fear is definitely one of those things. I think uh, I mentioned earlier, it's an older industry. Uh, fear of technology is certainly rampant. Um, we laughed earlier about uh, fax orders that still come through. Like they still come through. And I was shocked 15 years ago when I started in, in this industry that that faxing was still part of this industry, and it's still part of this industry 15 years later. And I'm like, really? People are faxing? Yes. Fax machines are still around and people still use them. So I think there's a there's a uh, fear of technology, uh, you know, not only for just older people, but even younger people. They don't, you know, potentially want to try uh, new things. But uh, I like that answer. Definitely fear. And Mike, I see that you're back. Uh, we, we lost you for a second. Um, but I'm going to go to Taylor. Um, and Mike, we're asking the question, what is your number one reason why promo companies are hesitant to use social media? Just in case uh, you weren't here for that. I don't know when you dropped off. Uh, but Taylor, let's get your answer on that one. Sure. So my answers almost exactly echo um, JGR and Jenna. So I'm not going to go too far in depth on that. My number one is that they are afraid to publicly fail. So I am not in sales, but the thought of cold calling somebody or like knocking on someone's door scares the hell out of me. So if you are a salesperson who's listening into this and you have the guts to cold call somebody and put yourself through that, you can 100% put yourself out there on social media. Um, I just have to, to put that out there. Um, and then um, my second answer to bandwidth, yes, I think that companies and individuals grossly underestimate the amount of bandwidth that goes into having a successful social media presence. It's one of those things that they're like, oh, my, you know, my marketing person will just handle that or, you know, we'll put out some flyers and it'll all be good when that's really not what it takes to be successful on social in the way that a lot of people want to be. So I, I think that, you know, they do try to outsource their social media strategy and then they get discouraged when they don't get immediate ROI. So a lot of people will bail way too early. They don't realize that social is a long game. And, you know, it, it's about transparency. Jenna, I think you hit on this a little bit earlier too. It's about that that transparency and personality. And it's truly developing a two-way relationship with the audience. And you can't outsource relationship building. Like you, I mean, you have to take your client out to dinner. You have to follow up with them. You have to put in FaceTime. And that's exactly the same thing that you have to do on social. We can't just assume that it can be all about process um, and just let the reins go. Great answer. Um, but they've all been great answers. I, I, I like how you know, we're all kind of leaning towards the, the same answers here, but we're giving different examples. That that was great. Um, who's up next? Mike, you threw off my you threw off my chi here. You dropped down, you jumped back you're, in. You're, all right. You're thrown off? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Mike, you're next. This little green light went out, and I was like, <laughs> See technology. We'll fail yeah, you. It happens. No, like it. It, it happens, and it's got like a humility thing, too. It, it's to echo Taylor. It's it's there's a lot of fear of rejection. Like how many posts can you put out there on the internet and get literally zero engagement, wake up the next morning, do it again, spend 10 more hours making and editing a video and then find yourself like, oh, cool. My mom and her friend liked it. That's, that's <laughs> cool. Is this what fame feels like? My mom and her friend liked it. Oh yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's so difficult. Like there's, there's one of those things where I'll stare at a post that's either in drafts or that little cursor that's blinking and it's like, you can do this. And I've been doing this for years. I mean, there's still a little stage fright type of thing to where did I spell that correctly? And it's like, you know what? I could just not do this and never have to worry about it again. 
But we keep trying. Yep. I love it, Mike. I mean, I'm sure all of us on this call have gone through that before where you just sit there and you shake your head when you create a great piece of content and you put it out there and it, it just falls on deaf ears and you're just like, you sit there and you're like, what the hell went wrong with that? Why didn't it get no engagement, no comments, no likes, no shares? And you just kind of sit there and you second guess yourself. And, you know, I think from from our perspective, where we're all professionals, we do we do social media, we understand it. Can you imagine from somebody else's perspective who's brand new to this industry and they do that? You know, like they're going to just like, like you said, Taylor, they drop off. They get this this fear like nobody cares this doesn't work mm -hmm. and i'm not going to do this again social media doesn't work and it happens to us and we we all have pretty good followings on social media and it still happens to us can you imagine when someone's got like well if you have 20 followers that's probably why you're not getting engagement but still when you're new to the game you don't understand how social media works you're gonna you're gonna run into that as well all right paula you're up Okay, um, I love what everyone has to say. I also want to acknowledge, um, <laughs> what's it called? One of the comments, Damien uh, Grove, who said Gen Z stand up. That is me, I'm not standing up, but I'm raising my hand. Um, I, When you guys said fax machine, I kind of checked out there. I don't think I've ever used or operated or maybe even seen me one. Me neither. So, <laughs> so I'm, I, I'm, we don't have that in the office. At least I don't think so because I haven't been able to identify that. Um, yeah, so where do I think? I, so I think fear is a big thing and I can speak on behalf of myself. I definitely still get um, stage fright when I post videos. Um, I have this kind of like weird thing about making it all about myself, like being the face of the company can be intimidating. And so just like acknowledging that um, and also bringing in more people to kind of make it seem less intimidating, like social media is supposed to be fun. And for in our experience um, too, it's uh, we get more engagement when we have more people and we have more people involved. Um, so, <clears throat> so yeah, I think there's a lot of things that um, happen, but I, I definitely think the fear of uh, not getting a return on your investment is pretty huge. Um, a lot of people still are seeing, you know, social media is something like for kids that are just making funny content and stuff like that. And like a part of that is true. Um, I think it's also to note that um, the way the algorithm works, sometimes the more extreme views do get like published and more attention. Um, and so just like acknowledging that, like not everyone wants to make this like very extreme and like, um, you know, dramatic kind of like a view on a certain issue. And you don't have to say everything, you know, don't have to say an opinion about everything, but sometimes you may feel forced into it. And so I think social media is kind of a tricky landscape to navigate. And so I think rightly so, there's a little bit of fear, right? There's a fear of like being ridiculed. We've definitely gotten comments on some of our videos where I've just been like, how do I proceed? How do I respond to this where we don't look bad? Um, there was, we had a little clip, for example, um, where we posted about this really cool, um, <clears throat> we did like a fitness challenge and uh, people, um, you know, people in the company uh, signed up for this willingly, like there was no forcing, it was just a way to keep everyone healthy. And um, I do remember when we put this on Instagram, there was 
um, someone that was very upset, you know, saying that there was like fat phobia involved in the whole process and um, just like kind of comments like that. And she sent us an article to educate ourselves. Um, and, and so stuff like that can make somebody feel uncomfortable, especially if they're like the social media person. And I remember telling my HR person, I was like, did I respond to this in the right way? Um, so things like that can make social media kind of an intimidating landscape. Um, and every company is different. So everyone's going to have a different voice and persona and different comfort levels with different um, different conversational points. So um, I think it's justified, but I think it is a it is a roadblock that people have to get through. And uh, a lot of communication within your team is going to help those barriers, right? So communication with my HR, communication with my team, um, and stuff like that. So that's my stance on uh, what the challenge is with, um, <clears throat> with social media in our industry. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, we... <sighs> I think we all echo the same sentiment, sentiments. I think, um, I think the number one reason is, and I touched upon this earlier, is, is imposter syndrome. And what I mean for anyone who doesn't know what, what imposter syndrome is, you just you feel like you're not good enough. And Taylor said it earlier. If you're a salesperson in this industry, or you are a business owner, and you know your company inside and out, you're not an imposter. You know exactly what you're talking about. Just that, just because it's social media. Don't look at it like, okay, I don't know social media. I don't know what I'm doing. Use social media to get your message out. Use it to, you know, there's videos, there's live streams like we're doing right now. Be the expert. Be the person that people can go to. You already know everything about your your business, right? Use social media to showcase that. Now, don't sell. We talk about not hard selling on social media. Use it to you know, educate. I know that Jenna and Stalls does that all the time. Like they are all about educating, uh, you know, and once you do that and you establish yourself as an expert, you're going to see people are really going to be interested in your brand. You're going to stay top of mind and people are going to remember who you are. So I think that's a huge roadblock to, you know, and yes, there's an education curve, like learning how to do certain things on social media. How do you run a live stream? How do you use the software that we're using right now? Some of that's a little bit more advanced, but you you literally can use your phone to do everything. And Google is at your disposal. You can learn how to do anything with Google. So if you have a smartphone and you have Google, I think you can learn what you're doing on social media. All right, this has been a great conversation. We have a couple more questions to go. And I know um, the hour is rapidly, um, approaching so let's get to question number six i'm going to ask something about trends um, we're going to go away from um, the industry and we're going to talk about trends on social media so what are some of the trends you're seeing on social media that you believe promo businesses should be jumping on i'm going to start with jgr on this um the short answer is lifestyle photography i want to see more beautiful pictures. I want to see the item being used. And this is another one where you might feel afraid. It doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to have that emotion to it. And the, I would love to see more of this coming through, especially for distributors and suppliers where they can see that product in its life it's supposed to be living. Great answer. Great answer. Taylor, what about you? 
Sure. I love seeing that short form video content that we're seeing on TikTok and on and Instagram. And I do want to just point out one thing. Um, so a lot of us, we've been talking about those platforms specifically, right? And I'm sure a lot of people are thinking, how am I going to find customers on TikTok? Your content doesn't just have to live on those two platforms. You can actually use them and post them in other spots where your customers actually are. Like I'll fully admit, sometimes I just use TikTok because I just, I need a quick photo or I need a quick video editor. And I know that it's going to perform better within Facebook groups. So just one, you know, quick caveat to that. Um, but, but that short form video content that you're seeing, I, I think seeing more of that, like kind of cultural videos day in the life. I think that was even mentioned earlier in this interview too. Um, but really kind of showing that story about who we do or who, or who we are and what we do. Um, and with that too, comes like the unboxing videos and really showing the emotional response behind branded merch. Great. Great. All right. We've got uh, Mike, you're next. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's a, it's a trend, but it's, it's stories in general. I think stories is one of the most impactful, you know, things we've had added to social media in the last decade where it's, you know, you choose the content you consume. And I think it gives you a little bit more breathing room and flexibility to be creative or turn the camera around, take a, you know, 15, 30 second selfie video, like a Snapchat type of thing, and kind of just talk about your day. You know what I mean? It's not all about selling. It's kind of just like, this weather is awesome or this weather is bad, depending on where you are in the country at a given time. It's just the human side of it. It's it's passing Alan Turning's computer test, right? It's determining you're a human. Well, I'm telling you right now with a selfie or a selfie video that there's a person behind this and there's a human element, right? So it's also really easy too. It's fun. Yeah. I may be in the minority here. I, maybe it's because I'm Gen X, but I hate stories. I hate stories. <laughs> I hate stories. I'm not a stories user. I don't know what it is, but I think you it's a young. Snapchat? Do you have Snapchat? No. <laughs> no, we'll see. There you go. That's, that's where no, I don't have Snapchat, but I mean, yes, I look at reels, but I don't, I don't look at Instagram stories. I don't look at Facebook stories. I don't know who looks at Facebook stories, um, but I'm not really, it's just not, I think it's a generational thing. I think it's more of a, a younger demographic interest. If I can do a TikTok, you can do a story. I feel confident I, I do, in you. I do TikToks. So, you know, I have no problems doing those. But I, just stories. I don't know. I, I just don't. I don't know. So then I, I will say, though, if anybody's tuning in and you really want to be able to, like, dip your toe into social before doing, like, hardcore uploads of, of other posts, I think it's a little bit more approachable because you feel like you're flying under the radar. I second that. Oh. Okay. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. I like that. The, news, right. the news feed is a toxic sponsored ad place, at least on stories. Well, not anymore, unfortunately, but <laughs> it's a quick tap, right? To the next one, Mike. It's like, yeah, right, yeah. I mean, we we're, we're sliding. We're not, we're yeah. not tapping. We're getting outside of the way. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point because there is a lot of toxicity everywhere. Uh, it's, well, especially in Twitter. But um, all right, who's up next? Uh, we did Mike, Paula. Me. Um, so just a quick comment on stories. I actually, uh, I, I'm not a big fan of stories. I, I use them and, and I still kind of like engage with them, but I can find them a little, I, I find myself just clicking them very fast. So um, I do agree. Some people just kind of like drone on the stories. Um, I love reels though. I love reels, TikToks, you know, all of that stuff. That's still something I engage with. Um, <clears throat> but to answer the question, and um, you might need to remind me the question at this moment. The trends, the trends that the you're trends, seeing. The trends, yeah. trends. Okay. Um, trends. 
So um, short form, I think, is, is a continuing trend. We have to um, continue to stay up to date with um, kind of what uh, the other industries are doing, especially kind of like the B2C format, kind of bringing it more into B2B. Um, <clears throat> I think that's a trend that we should, you know, continue to use and uh, tailor to our own, you know, our own needs. Um, I also think, just to reiterate, um, showing more <clears throat> kind of like that whole company culture thing, that's a trend that's important. Showing uh, the, what the company looks like, right? The humanizing the brand, that's a trend um, that we need to be conscious of. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, I, I, I like the idea of um, lifestyle photos and stuff like that. Um, the issue sometimes that I feel like some people, maybe maybe this is a younger generation thing, but sometimes when things look too perfect and too curated, um, it just comes, it kind of like comes off as very marketing. -y. So I love lifestyle photos. Like, trust me, I'm that person that's like on Pinterest saving pretty photos. Like that's kind of me, I still like those. But I think on a general sense, some people don't um, maybe appreciate them as much. Um, and okay, the last point, I did wanna say, um, uh, going back to, um, I think it's something that Taylor said about influencers. Um, this is something that we're dipping our toes in now, but I think really, and this is not a new trend, right? But maybe it's new for our industry and I think it's something that we need to bring out. <clears throat> And in that instance, um, maybe collaborating with uh, like influencers and lifestyle photos, that makes more sense because it feels more genuine to what they do. They create content, stuff like that. Um, but I think that's something that we should explore more, uh, just like collaborating with influencers, like who are the influencers are in our space? Um, how do we have what are ways in which we can engage with people so that they can see our capabilities and so that we can also help support businesses or individuals that have brands. Right. So I think that's one way that I've been looking at it. Like, um, for example, we've uh, collaborated with like a local nursery and um, we helped make uh, like print some nice tote bags for them. So um, just helping them form like a story, right? They're, they're a local business. Um, they're, you know, they're, they're on TikTok, they're on all the medias and stuff like that. Um, but just helping them uh, kind of like work their way around merch because it's the first time they've ever printed their logo on anything. And um, that also helps them. And so them promoting their own business is also going back and promoting what we do. So um, creating those kind of like loops and links with other sure. people in our community, right? Um, with And she's our, like, technically, like, our first influencer, right? Oh. We're experimenting with it. But um, doing more of that thing, I think the future is going to be um, something we continue to do, as well as, like, highlight our clients and who we're working with and what they're doing with our stuff. Right. So, right. Um, you know, nonprofits, um, we recently worked with a nonprofit that did these little stuffed bears, and we just chronicled their story and, like, what do they do? And they help, um, you know, connect families through reading, military families through reading oh. and really cool brand. Like I had no idea that we were working with them. So, um, <clears throat> so doing yeah. more of that stuff is, yeah. is I like the influencer angle. Um, you know, I think influencer is a term that we all throw around and 
a lot of people don't really know much about influencers. I mean, there's micro influencers. Um, you know, we can all make a case that all six of us on this call are, you know, micro influencers to this industry. Um, so, you know, how to wield that power, you know, I think that's, you know, some people are doing that already, but how do you do it, um, you know, for the bottom line of the business? I think that's really kind of the trick there. Um, Jenna, last but not least. It's hard to follow these, Ben. <laughs> I know, I know. That's why I, I, I rotate the, uh, the the order here. I don't want anyone to go last all the time. Yeah, so um, short form video was my number one. And we see this trend across all of the major platforms at this point. Instagram started doing reels. YouTube started doing shorts. So obviously, that is your light bulb, right? Start doing short form video because it's going to help increase your brand awareness and in turn bring in revenue because it's just getting you out in front of a bigger audience. If you even just choose one, you could choose one. You don't have to do all three so you don't feel overwhelmed. Um, but these things are simple to do because they can be anywhere from a, sec a seven second to a 30 second to a minute. Um, but one trend um, that I'm noticing with these short form videos is audio. So if you can just put a video or even a series of photos into a video and it match that audio, if that audio is already getting engagement, your video is going to go right into that loop, right? So you're going to get in front of people you probably weren't even expecting because you're using that trending audio. So that's one trend a lot of people are utilizing in addition to their short form video. Um, and I think that to second mic as well, stories is going to allow you to engage with who is following you because you can post polls, you can ask questions. Um, there's a lot of different things that you can do in there to get people to respond to you so that you're more engaged with them and getting to know what content they want to see from you. So a lot of really great answers here. So again, really hard to follow, but they're really good trends that everyone should be in the know about. So you're talking about gaming the system when it comes to audio, I think. Absolutely. So yeah, I think TikTok, you know, we're starting to learn that when you use a very popular um, soundbite that everyone else is using, you could put that into your TikTok and actually, if you don't want it to be part of the actual soundtrack, you just put it, you know, you, you mute it. But it, as long yeah. as you have that audio into your TikTok, it's going to recognize that you're using a popular piece of audio and it's going to get a lot more um, uh, views. Th that to me is just ingenuous. It's not really like something that I encourage people to do, but it's certainly one that, you know, if it works for you, you know, give it a shot. Now, my trend, I, I echo Paula's sentiments on this culture. I, I've been pushing culture for a long time. I think that you know, it's it's one of those things that if you showcase the human side of your company in your social media, you're going to it's, it's a winning formula. You know, show off the CEO, show off the people behind the scenes, the ones who are really, you know, the lifeblood of the company. You know, it doesn't have to be the ones at the top. It could be the people who I forget who said it earlier about uh, unboxing or even like, you know, putting the, you know, the products together, putting them in boxes, you know, behind the scenes, that kind of stuff people love. They want to see the behind the scenes element of a business. And if it if it's a polished video versus an unpolished video, go with the unpolished video. You don't have to create content that looks that'll ultimately look like an ad. Like 
when I see a really well done video, I'm like, oh my God, sometimes I, I mistakenly scroll through it because I'm thinking that's an ad. But if I see this, there's no, there's no overlays, there's no lower thirds, no, like it's just a video of somebody, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna be like, oh, that's so-and-so from that business. Let me hear what he has to say. If he's stuttering and going um and uh and this, I'm gonna be like, I know, I do exactly that. I'm gonna be like, I can relate to that. That's human. We can, we can all appreciate that. So I think culture, showing off the people behind the scenes, I think those are winning formulas. All right, a couple questions more. I'm sorry that we're, we're over a little bit. I hope you guys are good going over a little bit. Um, so I'm going to ask you to fill in the blank. If a promo business wants to make money with social media, and I know this is a loaded question, they should be using the platform blank. Taylor, I'm going to start with you. So if a promo business wants to make money with social media, they should be using the platform their customers and target customers use most. So I really don't want to throw out like a, hey, this is the platform where you're going to make the most money, I promise, whatever. That's just not how it works. If you tend to have younger buyers or buyers who are positioned all over the world or all over the United States, you might want to explore things like you know Instagram, TikTok, something that's going to give you a little bit more of a global reach, um, where if you maybe have older or more co like corporate-centric uh, end user customers, uh, then, you know, LinkedIn is obviously a, a great spot to, to invest in. And then Facebook too, if you have kind of the customer base, that's going to be a lot more about relationships and kind of keeping up on family stuff, company updates, that sort of thing. That is it. That's a very, uh, philosoph great philosophical answer. I love it. That's assuming that, uh, the business knows who their customers are. And I hope that every business knows who they are, their demographic, you know, how old they are, you know, what is their generation? Um, and that'll help determine where, where they might be. All right, Mike, you're up. YouTube. Okay. YouTube is my answer. Uh, YouTube, I think it yields somewhere between like 14 and 15 billion visitors a month. You can put anything on that, that website and you have an opportunity to actually shine across the globe. I mean, you know, it's, it's tough to make examples like, Rogan, call her daddy, uh, the Paul brothers, but like, it's really like they sold merch products, everything you promo, everything in the videos they have. And it's, it's like, you get to control your move at 24 seven with the content, what you have in the background, no different than the stairs or windows. Like it's branding. If people are going to youtube.com to watch your content, you have successfully mastered the internet. I like that answer. I think YouTube is, is, um, an overlooked social network, uh, you know, but I agree. I think that if you do any type of video whatsoever, I don't care if you're, we're, you're doing a live stream on Facebook, on LinkedIn, whatever, make sure you, you repurpose it and put it onto YouTube. That's what we do. I'll be, I'll be repurposing this video and putting it onto YouTube as well. Um, and I agree. I think that if you optimize it well for, for web, um, Google owns YouTube, you know, you're going to get that preferential treatment um so get as much content out into youtube as and you can youtube ads are elite like yeah. they do not let you skip them yeah oh um, yeah they're a pain in the butt i know ad. like it's yep that is the final frontier all right paula you're up um yeah uh if i were to choose i mean taylor gave a perfect answer to be honest but um, I want to say if I had to just choose two, it would be LinkedIn and TikTok. Um, 
mostly because it captures those two different, um, they're two different, very different platforms. Um, LinkedIn is more for that like professional, right, corporate um, buyer or client. And then TikTok is like just very good for viral and getting um, your brand out there. Like no platform, uh, social platform is growing as fast as TikTok is. So, um, you know, without it, this being like the most diplomatic answer, I think, uh, to be honest, if I had to just start at two with two social like platforms, I would start there. And then, um, <clears throat> you know, I would jump into uh, YouTube afterwards. Um, so I would start with kind of like get your brand out there. Also, um, start conversating with people that are in your industry or professionals in the corporate space. Um, and then, you know, leap into kind of more long form once you have more of the resources and bandwidth into YouTube. So that's how I would do it if, um, if. Wow. So no Facebook, huh? No. <laughs> I'll get to my opinion in a second. <laughs> Your top three doesn't include Facebook. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. All right. Um, who's up now? Uh, Jenna. All right. Here it goes, Vin. Facebook is still the highest ROI of any platform. Um, so, you know, it's the standard, um, especially B2B. People are utilizing Facebook pages and Facebook groups. I mean, there's a Facebook group for anything. So it's very easy to um, get awareness there um, if you can tap into those groups and be a part of that community. Um, so Facebook is definitely going to, um, you know, help you foster those communities and then control what your members can see um, for your business. So I definitely think um, Facebook is going to get you the ROI most people are looking for. Of course, to Taylor's point, you need to make sure that's where your target audience is. Um, but I think that there is one platform that is a little underrated, and that is Pinterest. Um, it's essentially a Google, but for our industry where we're creative and we're showing cool promo products and things that you can make and um, post last longer there, right? So they don't get completely lost in the algorithm like Instagram does. It's basically a Google search almost, but you're getting things tailored to whatever um the makers are posting um so yeah, yeah I've, I've heard that you know from many people that they they're using pinterest and they're having a lot of uh uh great results with pinterest as well i think promo kitchen actually utilizes it a lot for their promo kits yeah i know um jeremy picker uses it and he mm -hmm. i think he gets most of his uh uh success he has the most success rate with pinterest um, he puts everything out there and, and I love that. And I don't use Pinterest. I'm not a Pinterest user, but for a business, I, you know, for sure, I think, uh, you know, it's where it's a natural place for this industry to be. Um, but I also agree with you, uh, with Facebook and I'll get to that in a second. Uh, JGR, you're up. All right. I'm going to show my nerd side here, but, um, the part that I think is kind of linking to everything is you need to have some kind of analytics software behind wherever you are. There's so many platforms and, the, the likes are different than comments will, you know, visibility. But if you can have a, a software like a Hootsuite, a HubSpot, and have it pull into your CRM, I know this is like higher level, but then you know that you're making money off of things. 
because otherwise we're all just kind of guessing. I know return on marketing investment is like the hardest thing in the world to actually justify unless you have a promo code. But if you will not know that these people who are following you and liking your stuff are spending your money unless you have some analytics behind it. Um, and that, so wherever you decide to play, make sure you have some way to measure it. I like that answer. Um, and I agree, you know, like when you get to the, uh, to that point where you're a little bit more advanced and you have uh, the resources and, and you have the, the know-how to figure that out, I think that that's a great answer. I think uh, not everybody in this industry is there and that's the unfortunate reality. Um, and my answer would be Facebook. Uh, and I agree with Jenna. I think Facebook groups is, is why I, why I, I would go with Facebook. I, I would do ASI shows. I would go around, I would talk to everybody and I would ask them questions like, you know, what, what platform is your business on? And most people said, I have to be on Facebook, but I really love to be on Instagram. They, there's a passion for Instagram, but for Facebook, the groups are so powerful. As Jenna mentioned, there's a group for every um, interest out there, every type of business. You just search like, you know, I live in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. If I type in small businesses of Bucks County, Pennsylvania, you'll find hundreds of groups. You get in there and you can literally become part of the community, you know, and find out what people, what, what, are, what are they struggling with and, it, you know, forge relationships. That's why I believe in Facebook. Also, you have to have a business page for your for your company. Um, it works as like when people search, Facebook's pages come up. You know, you can have your information, your your uh, your phone number, your, your website, all that information. And there are some people who believe that if you don't have a Facebook presence when they search you, they're going to go to your competitor. They're going to go somewhere else. So if you do anything with your Facebook. Um, you know, page, just have it and it just exist and then use the groups uh, to, to mine for potential leads. Um, that's my advice, but these are all great answers. Now we're a little bit over, actually we're a lot over, but I really appreciate you guys sticking around. I'm going to ask a final fun question. And since we're all social media professionals in this industry, I've got to know what is the worst mistake you've ever made for a business while using social media? Mike, I'm going to start with you. Oh, I've made hundreds, if not thousands of mistakes on social media. I made one today, actually. Uh, I went to go promote this event and uh, instead, of, instead of sharing the link to uh, the Facebook page, I actually put the, uh, the link to the call. To the what? To the call. Oh, okay. And I deleted it immediately, obviously. But I mean, mistakes happen. I mean, now. I want to know your worst, time. your worst mistake. Involved explicit language, and that's pretty much okay. It. It's all right. Someone was mouthing something, and I retweeted it. And well, fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> all right, Paula, on to you. My mistake also involved um, explicit language, in fact, a lot of explicit language. It was um, how to say um, the F word in corporate. And funny enough, it was a video, it was a TikTok that my um, my boss had sent for me to replicate. Um, and there wasn't any, I mean, I just replicated it as it is and I added to it, right? So I, I kind of like um, tagged the original creator and I was just like, here are 10 more ways to say the F word in corporate. But I said the word, I said it multiple times. And, um, and so, yeah, that was embarrassing. I got 
got called up to HR. Oh, really? <laughs> and they're just like, we can't do that. Um, and so it got taken down. Um, <clears throat> do you have a effort. copy of this TikTok somewhere? <laughs> I yeah, don't I have a copy. I should have. I should have saved a copy, but I didn't. It's. Um, Man, I wish I would have archived it instead, but I was just so embarrassed because I think I said it like 11 times. Ooh. And um, that's definitely like not company policy. Um, so yeah, that was that was my that was a pretty big blunder. Um, and then I mean, I make little mistakes all the time. Um, like sometimes I don't check like my links as well. Um, we were running a contest and um, one of the links that I had linked to the contest page was like it wasn't working. So just like little things like that will happen. But my biggest mistake is probably um, the huge F-bomb. The F-bombs. Yeah. The 11 <laughs> yeah. F-bombs. All right. So we're two for yeah. two on bad language. Um, Jenna, <laughs> what about you? Okay. This is mortifying. <laughs> For me, at wait. least. So <laughs> I did an entire YouTube video and I was so amped up about this video. I'm like, this is quality content. Our viewers are going to love this. Totally confident. We post it. It's published. And the topic was printing for Greek fraternity, sorority, you know, Greek awareness, you, how much you can profit if you do these items and here's how you can print them. And um, we ended up getting a whole like cease and desist letter to the company and it was all my fault. <laughs> oh, so wow. I was like absolutely mortified. They had to take it down. And I think it was just the combination of I had all this confidence about how the video would, would perform and it performed, but we ended up getting a like letter to the company and um, yeah, they were just like, yeah, absolutely not. You cannot talk about that at all. So, so, all you, so what you have to do, just um, take the video down? Yeah, we just took the video down. Um, they are like the Greek organization overall, they were very strict. Um, and even though we weren't selling what we were printing, um, we still didn't have rights to even use whatever made up fraternity i thought i completely made one up i wasn't even like using a specific one but there's so many out there that exist that they caught on to it and they were like i just felt terrible that on behalf of the company that i represent they had to get a letter a letter oh. because of me <laughs> wow so we got two two f-bombs and a cease and desist what kind of degenerates are we dealing with here all right jgr i'm excited it feels so vanilla. Um, so, because kind of like what Taylor said, you know, I started out in sales. So let's see, I got um, stopped by somebody that I sold a copier to. He didn't like the copier I got and told me off at a Target. I've shipped overnight shipped ceramic mugs. Anybody in this industry has done that once and never again. I've sent net quotes to people. On social, you just delete it. If you misspell a word, it's not the end of the world. Right. Um, I have learned, though, not to pick fights on social media. Um, I, I put myself into timeout over the weekends because I get very passionate and when I get, you know, I get very long winded. And I think if I got a lot of those TLDRs and I have now decided that I can scroll past and I do not have to die on every heel hill. So then you get the I Zen, right? Yeah. I also said, and go in the promotional products group on Facebook. Ooh. You would have thought I'd like, don't do that. Yeah. Don't ever, and for, for those <laughs> don't of us say, in here, and go. 
for, for those of us in here who know, we know. And for those who don't, I'll tell you about it offline. You're better off. Uh, yeah, you're better off. All right, Taylor, what do you got? Oh, Vin, you're going to be so disappointed. I don't oh. have a big juicy story. I mean, I'm so grateful after like hearing you guys talk about it. Um, but but I mean, like Mike and, and Paula said too, I've made hundreds of mistakes. Like, and they're all public and you deal with them and you learn from them and that's what makes you you better. Um, I do want to actually weave in. Somebody from the comments um, asked a really great question and it does tie back to some big mistakes that I've made okay. in regards to TikTok. Somebody asked, how do you get around um, the audio getting ripped when it's moved from TikTok to LinkedIn I, or, or TikTok to LinkedIn or yeah. TikTok to Facebook? Um, yes. Thank you, Ben. Yep. So um, if you go, it's super important that if you are going to be sharing that content and this is so annoying but you actually have to go to like if you're i don't know you probably can't see this but if you go to the sounds at the top of TikTok, you can go down to select commercial sounds and that is going to be safe audio that can be shared all across there's not going to be licensed oh, um, okay. audio the downside to that is that it's not nearly as good as the licensed content sure. through sure. TikTok. so it's a little bit of yin and yang there um but i've had some like great content that looks and sounds awesome on TikTok, and then it gets published and then i just feel like it's missing something it's just like man like now it sucks you know so that's that's not great but again you live and learn um and then from a really high level i know that this sounds this isn't going to sound um quite so catastrophic but you know and vin you mentioned imposter syndrome before and i'm always somebody who's really really hard on myself um but i was a late adopter to instagram so i've been on facebook since 2007. i really only got active on instagram in 2018 and forward and i think because of that like sometimes i get kind of embarrassed because i'm like oh man social media is kind of like my area but even i was late to the game um when it comes to everybody else kind of in my age range. Um, so I would say, I mean, if you're going to learn anything from that, um, don't hesitate, just jump in. It's okay. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just uh, post and, and learn after. Okay. So Taylor, your outtakes are some of my favorite videos, by the way. Oh gosh. <laughs> you guys do. It's hilarious. <laughs> thanks. Well, and thanks to that point, sometimes I do get better ROI on content that was never supposed to see the light of day. So there's never yeah, really a wrong answer. It's kind of like B-roll, you know, people um, mm -hmm. like sometimes when I'm doing a podcast, you know, I, I, re I start recording early and then, you know, 15 minutes later, you know, I'll start the podcast, the live stream, but I've captured 15 minutes of pre-conversation. Like for instance, I talked with Danny Rosen one time and I captured all this tr awesome conversation about music. And that's the type of stuff that I could cut up and use for social media, like, you know, on on record day or something like that, you know, to me, I feel yeah, like, like there's, there's, there's opportunity there in, in, in content that's not even geared towards the topic. So my, and I'm going to talk about, you know, the worst experience I've had with social media and it involves politics. Um, I posted something years ago, this, I forget what year this was. And it wasn't even what it wasn't, it wasn't taking sides, but it was a polarizing time. And we got probably over a hundred comments. People were very angry that the way that the piece of content was positioned on Facebook was leaning in, in a specific direction. And it wasn't, I didn't think it was, but apparently it was. And it was like, 
it was like torches and pit, pitchforks. They wanted to come for me and come for my job. And I was like, oh my God, what did I do here? Like, you know, I had to go to my boss and I had to say, what's wrong with what I posted? Like it wasn't, you know, it was, it was neutral. And we had to do some damage control on that. Um, you know, and I was like walking around just red faced and like, oh my God, what did I do wrong? I didn't do anything wrong, but you know, you just had to kind of like figure out what your audience was interested in and what they were. I mean, it was great for our algorithm. I will say this, we had hundreds of comments and I was like, this post is blowing up, but for all the wrong reasons. So you have, after that, we, we said, look, no more with the politics. Um, you know, we stopped posting political themed content on our on our social media. And it's unfortunate because during political seasons, promotional products are big, you know, and they're big news. And, you know, certainly lately we've had to kind of scale that back a bit. And I learned my lesson the hard way um, a bunch of years ago. So this has been a great conversation. I really appreciate you guys hanging in for an extra half an hour. Would love to do this quarterly, um, get the conversation going. Um, but yeah, this has been so much fun. Do you guys have any last um, thoughts, anything you want to share before we go? Anyone? Mm. You want to get to some of these comments here? Um, um, we can get to the comments, but I did have a question actually for you, Vinny. I know okay. that you guys have done, and um, I think someone else has a podcast. I think it was Mark, uh, the, the podcast, um, but we're kind of like thinking about transitioning into more long form content. And um, I mean, any tips that you guys have, like, um, is there is there like a, a tip or two that you have for starting out um, any of this process? Because it's all kind of new and we're still in the researching phase. But I mean, I'm very curious about doing conversations like like this that just ha are just more enriching to people. So any advice for that? how did you want to do it? Did you want to do it through social media, through, um, through blogs? Like what was your, what's um, your goal? I'm more so like, I'm, I'm interested in the, in the blog, uh, not blog, I'm sorry, in the um, podcast format. So audio format um, is what is kind of interesting to us right now. Um, just because I, I'm a huge podcast listener. So um, I'm interested into how that, that long for like I can consume yeah. a three hour podcast or like a two hour podcast very easily. Um, you know, and so there's different kinds of mediums that work for different people. So that's why I'm just interested in, in researching it. You know, the, I think the easiest and, you know, we can all jump in on this would be to do um, any type of live streaming. If you wanted to do that through um, through Facebook. And to me, I think Facebook makes it very easy to export the video and then then add those videos into YouTube or wherever you want to add them. And I think that would probably be the, the most painless in terms mm -hmm. of uh, creating, like you have to have sort of, you know, like storyboarded out. What do you want to do? Do you want to do interviews of people? Um, are you going to have conversations with somebody within your company? Like it depends on what you're looking to do, but I would do it live stream natively and then mm -hmm. kind of, um, you know, migrate those over to YouTube. Cause what Mike said earlier, uh, you, you want to put everything into YouTube. Yeah. Does anybody we else wanna... have any? YouTube. Yeah. 
YouTube. Okay. For long, for the long videos, and you're going to be discussing a lot. What's nice is that YouTube is a great platform for uploading that. Um, and then it, it's very easy to just pop those into short form. If there's just like snippets of that, that you want to use on um, Instagram or TikTok. Um, mm -hmm. I think that for people that love to listen to a podcast, it's amazing um, because then you can just take that audio, but people also love visual. Um, mm -hmm. So just even recording you like this whole situation, it's all visual. So we get to see whoever, what everybody looks like. And it just puts a person or a face to a voice. Right. So um, yeah, I think that if you can do a video format alongside the audio, that will go a long way. Um, and then it just, if you utilize YouTube, it's easy to then chop that out and make short form videos out of it so that you can reuse content. Okay. Noted. And, and Paula, we can talk offline as well. Um, but again, I'm going to, I'm going to end this because we already been 90 minutes, um, but this has been a really great conversation and I really appreciate you guys taking the time um, to hang with me through these, through these questions. Um, I think it was very insightful. I think there was a lot of great feedback here. Um, we had a, a great audience here. Um, so to me, I feel like this is, this is, this is something that interests the industry. They're, they're thirsting for knowledge about these topics. Um, and I think social media is, it's just going to get bigger and it's going to be more ingrained in our industry coming, um, in the next, you know, certainly five to 10 years. Um, but again, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you guys. All right. Thank you.